Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again. Uh, this is Steve Wilson, and uh, we're back in Matthew. We've uh, progressed up to chapter 2 now. So I hope we can get something out of this that will uh, maybe encourage you. I, I get excited about uh, this portion because... The things that happen here regarding the birth of Jesus just, um, I don't know, it makes me see the way things are today. Uh, I'm, I'm so um, uh, taken aback by the things that, um, that have that go on here that I can still see happening in our world today. Um, so, you know, maybe as we go through there, hopefully you'll see some of these same things. In either case, um, it reveals the cruelty of man and some of the problems that, that we have. I mean, one of the problems with, um, you know, the, the Jews that demanding a king to begin with um, have come to pass here um, because the king end up uh, ends up with such power that he becomes corrupt. And, of course, we've all heard... Uh, the, the the phrase about how uh, you know power uh, absolutely how's absolute power corrupts absolutely um, so we see that you know come into play here we see it carried out so anyway we're in chapter two so we'll see how far we get on this and um, you know we'll we'll cut off, hopefully cut off around the fifteen minute mark or so so I don't bore you to death and can pick back up on the next podcast so anyway here we go. Um, now we have, of course, looked at you know the some of the characters and so on that took place or that played a role in the birth of Jesus. In chapter one, we saw the genealogy of Mary, or um, I'm sorry, of Joseph, um, and uh, you know, let's see, yeah, the, the of Joseph, and then um, yeah. Uh, I apologize for the pause there. The, uh, this is this is the genealogy of Joseph. Mary's in Luke, so um, apologize for the pause. Anyway, um, we've now progressed to the point that we begin to see visitors come. We saw uh, in verse in chapter one how the shepherds came and uh, how God spoke to them. Now we see the visit of the magi or the the three kings. Now it's interesting, inc- incidentally. Um, we get the idea of these three kings. The Bible doesn't really say how many kings there were. We get the idea of the three kings simply because there were three gifts. Um, and so, you know, maybe there were three. I don't know. There could have been more. could have been less. So all we know is how many gifts that they brought or how many different gifts that was brought, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
Um, so anyway, here we go uh, in uh, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now it doesn't say what country they came from. It just says they came from the east. Um, mm -hmm. So it had to, you know, it could have been as far east as uh, as the Orient or it could have just been from um, some of the Arabian nations. We don't really know. We just know they came from the east. Um, verse 2 saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with, it, with him. Um, um, in verse 1, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, verse 2, it says, uh, Where is the king born of the Jews? So we have, for we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. You know, as the universe revealed to the wise men um, the birth of Jesus, uh, the king of the Jews, um, the universe some is going to reveal to us his coming again someday. And, and it's important that we look to the stars, we look for the signs, the things that will point us to the second coming of Jesus Christ, just as it pointed those um, characters back in the Old Testament days of the, uh, the first coming of Jesus Christ. But, you know, we're told the lightning will flash its, uh, flash its eyes and the thunder shall clap its hands and the earth shall toss to and fro like a drunken man before the coming of, uh, uh, of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the King. The wise men are an example for us to uh, improve our studies in the Word of God, to look for God's lessons in nature and things that happen around us. They're a good example for us because of their determination to seek out and to search God in spite of the difficulties and the scoffs of man. I'm sure over the year, two years that it took them uh, to find Christ, they had encountered issues like this. But they searched, for, like I said, for nearly two years, which caused them a lot of expense, obviously a lot of travel, um, you know, scoffings, as we already mentioned. They, they were a good example um, in, present, in the presenting of gifts to Jesus. You know, what, what, what do we have in this world, really, that, that Christ needs? He, he didn't really need these gifts that they brought. Uh, but the picture is, the wise men who come and who bow down to him and worship him. And that's what they shared with Herod because, you know, this Herod's response was he wanted to go and worship them also. He says, when he gathered, in verse 4, when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes and people together, he demanded of them where Christ would be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. So he established a, a starting point. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now, we know he was lying. He was um, misrepresenting himself. He had no intention of going and worshiping Jesus Christ. Uh, he figured if there really was a, a king born, then um, 
he'd just do away with him and eliminate his problem because, you know, he wasn't, he had no intention of uh, giving up his throne. Now, we also know that Jesus had no intention of claiming the throne. Uh, the term king of the Jews just simply meant that he's the prince of peace. You know, he's, he's the coming king. He's the Messiah. It has nothing to do with an earthly rule. He couldn't have cared less about Herod's rule, but of course Herod couldn't conceive of that. Uh, the world only sees things one way. They don't have spiritual lenses to to look through. Um, so he told him, he says, look, when you go, you go look for the, this, uh, this Christ child, and, uh, or that he calls him just a young child. He says, when, when you find him, let me know. He says, I want to go worship him too. Interesting too. I've always been a little puzzled by this particular passage because, you know, I've always had this question if the wise men were standing there before him. And they're telling him that we're going to go find the supposed king of the Jews. And if King Herod is so upset, why didn't they just go with him? Instead of just sending him off and telling him to come back. I, you know, I've tried to think of reasons why he wouldn't, would not have done it or sent an army or, you know, sent some people with him. <coughs> um you know, he could have proposed that they were just there for their protection or something like that, and then, you know, had the baby killed when they found him. But um, for some reason, he didn't do that. Now, why didn't he choose to do that? It, from his standpoint, it would have been a simple resolution to, to his issue, to his concern. You know, I'm wondering, didn't he believe the prophecy? Didn't he believe that there was a coming Messiah? I mean, he had a Jewish heritage. I'm sure he'd heard it before. He knew that this is what had been said, but you know what? We know prophecy today. We see things occur, and but the world, you know, they, and they know prophecy. Certainly the Jewish people know prophecy, and yet not to believe it. Even though you have some very definitive signs, they've chosen not to believe it. You know, maybe maybe he didn't believe the prophecy. He had just he believed the prophecy, but just didn't believe this was the instance in which it was going to come true. Uh, of course, that was what the Jewish uh, nation believed in this case that Jesus, there was a Jesus that was born, and yeah, this Jesus did some miraculous things, but he was not the Messiah. They didn't. They believed in the prophecy, but they didn't believe the prophecy had come true. Or I don't know. Maybe he just wanted somebody else to do the work for him. Maybe he was just lazy. Maybe he just uh, assumed that they would, uh, you know, they would give him the information he needed and then he could send down his soldiers and he'd never have to get off his throne. He'd never have to lift a finger. All he had to do is just command it to be done. Certainly he was king. I'm sure that's something that he was very used to. Or, I don't know, maybe he was just so caught up in his own power to think that, you know, in his own pride to think that, they to, to even conceive that they might see through his ploy. Maybe he just assumed that everybody was going to follow his command regardless and, and that they would indeed come back and give him the information he needed. And so he wasn't really concerned about that. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I look at the world today, as I said when I started this, and I see so many things going on today that happened back then. And, and, and the one thing that, there's a statement that I've always heard most of my life, one thing we learn from history is that man never learns from history. Um, and so we look at this situation, we see the way the king 
reacted and and we, we see how he, he he messed the whole thing up or you know from his standpoint anyway failed to accomplish what he had intended or what he wanted um, maybe it was unbelief maybe he was just lazy maybe he was just out of touch thinking the people were just going to blindly do what he said of course none of the, you know none of those things brought to fruition his mm-hmm. desire and when we look today when you take for instance our congress or whatever our government we see so many people that we have chosen to represent us and, and who have promised to do such miraculous things and they never do you know they just go up there and get rich and then retire and and they really don't care about who voted them in it makes no difference to them by the time they retire they get their money they just really don't care um, they're you know protected for the most part by government edict not you know I'm not sure but you know either way uh, he told them to go and told them to come back and let them know and of course they didn't verse 9 uh, when he had heard the king uh, they departed and lo the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and when they were coming to the house they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him and when they had opened their treasures they presented him gifts gold frankincense and myrrh so this is what I mentioned before and where we get the idea that there were three kings or three wise men. The Bible says three wise men. We call them three kings, but whatever the case, um, you know, we, we get this picture of three, and we, we assume uh, that's correct. Anyway, it makes a nice picture. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country mm-hmm. another way. Uh, so, you know, there's something to think about here. Um, there's about a two-year span now they immediately received guidance you know they knew where they were going and it doesn't indicate that there was a great delay in finding it quite honestly um, but there's a two-year time span here before the king finally realized they weren't coming back and took action and of course he commanded that uh, the children two years and under would all be killed um, so that's where we get you know the idea of the, the two-year time span it was a period of time that he knew would cover um, the life of his child so it had been quite a while of course Jesus had now been moved from Bethlehem and had uh, gone into Egypt and we're getting ready to talk about that here in, uh, in just a minute in the next few verses uh, but anyway that's where the two years comes from um, I th- we're getting toward the end of the 15 minutes and I know I've kind of lollygagged a little bit but I'm going to probably go ahead and cut it off we'll pick up the next uh, podcast in uh, at you know verse 13 and uh, move from there hopefully we can finish chapter 2 the next time so uh, it's a little shorter than most usually run 16-17 minutes but I'm gonna, I don't have enough time to, to make comments on these next few verses so anyway we're going to cut it off now and uh, God bless you.